Okay, and we're recording. So, night one of WrestleMania is in the books. Uh, I, w- I wasn't going to podcast this out, but uh, the last match got me so excited, I, I figured I should. Um, I think every match was good uh, for what they were. Uh, there were times when I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about this, but it was good overall. I'm not going to give it a Dave Meltzer star rating, but I'll say this. It, it did not disappoint. Uh, for five bucks a month on the Peacock, it was well worth it. Um, it would have been worth paying 50 bucks for maybe, I don't know, on old-fashioned pay-per-view. Uh, I think that might be up to $70 now. I don't know. But... Uh, I was impressed. It's what WrestleMania was when I was a kid. It's what I remember WrestleMania's being. Uh, they tricked me a little bit. Uh, I heard that it started at 7 or read that it started at 7. And uh, it said special pre-show at 6. Well, evidently there were two pre-shows. One at 6 and one at 7. So I sat through an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes of pre-show. And finally I was like, get the freaking matches. So it opened up with uh, Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Usos. And I was pretty sure the Usos were going to win this one. this is a match that almost disappointed um, just for the fact I didn't really know what the build up to it was and honestly it just it just felt awkward um, I'm not sure who or why uh, in WWE who is so big on Rick Boogs um, he's got the body but he doesn't have the performance down yet. And so he either should have spent more time in developmental or something. I, I don't really get it. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, I am really into. I think he's a great wrestler. I think he should be in a world heavyweight title picture or uh, intercontinental or United States championship at the least. But this match had its good spots and its bad spots. Uh, The worst thing is that uh, Rick Boogs uh, tore his quad and patella tendon and is going to require surgery. So who knows when we'll see him again. Uh, it, It could be, you know, any time... Uh, well, for at least six months to a year, I would imagine. Um, but where he tore his patella was he had uh, one of the Usos on his shoulders in like a fireman's carry, and the other Uso went to jump on, 
and uh, Boogs went to get his uh, his feet under him, and when he adjusted his right foot, he just collapsed to the the mat. And of course, you always wonder: is it a work or is it real? Uh, he got to the corner uninhibited, so that kind of made you think that it was something was going on. Uh, they might have heard his quad tear, you just don't know. Uh, or at least he let the Usos know, hey, I'm hurt, get, let me get the hell out of here. Um, but he tagged in Shinsuke, and from then on, eventually, it was basically a handicap match. Uh, Shinsuke and the Usos continued on for a few more minutes, uh, and then they went to the finish, and the Usos retained their titles. Um, the Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios. I have so much disdain for Logan Paul. It was hard for me to get into this match. Um, but he he did okay for what he was. For who he is, an untrained wrestler. Um... He's obviously been doing some kind of training. And uh, he, he held his own in this match. Uh, whenever, you know, things needed to pick up because, his, you know, Logan Paul had gone through his three moves that he had probably practiced a hundred times each. Uh, he would tag to the Miz and then the Miz would do his thing. Uh, one really cool thing... Um, was uh, Dominic came out in a red, white, and blue uh, outfit with fringe and all this on it. And I didn't get it at first, and then I saw a meme on the internet. Uh, this was a a garb, uh, an outfit that Eddie Guerrero had worn, and so it was a tribute to Eddie. Uh, and who was it? Ray Mysterio was going for the Three Amigos, which is Eddie, one of Eddie's signature moves, the three suplexes in a row. Uh, on the Between the second and third one, uh, somehow Logan Paul got out of it, and then the prick proceeded to do the Three Amigos suplexes very arrogantly, pausing for a long time in between suplexes and I know he's supposed to be getting heel heat and he's supposed to be upsetting people like me but he just annoys me in real life so um, then he went up to the top rope and did the little uh, shoulder shake like Eddie Guerrero would do and he did an Eddie Frog splash that really offended me um, but that, that's what it was supposed to do. Um, then of course, Ray and Dominic got control of the match and they did a series of, um, they each took a frog splash and frog splashed Logan Paul. That's what I was trying to get at. Um, and then at that point, The Miz got in and took over um, and got the pin on Rey Mysterio. 
after the match was the best part. The Miz uh, then turned on uh, Logan Paul, which means, unfortunately, we're going to have to watch Logan Paul wrestle again. Uh, but he, the Miz, I, I loved watching him give Logan Paul the uh, what skull-crushing finale or whatever uh, Miz's signature move is. Unfortunately, like I said, it's going to lead to another... Um, Logan Paul match at the next pay-per-view or something <laughs> versus The Miz. Uh, we then had one of the matches <coughs> I refer to as the pee break, the bathroom break, the snack break match. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate because they're both good wrestlers. This just isn't a good angle that they're in. Uh, it was... Uh, Drew McIntyre versus uh, Happy Corbin. Uh, it was it was pretty lackluster, honestly. It was just it was just a wrestling match. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having a wrestling match at a wrestling show, but it just didn't have a lot to it. Um, you know, Rick Boogs or not Rick Boogs. I got him on the brain now. <coughs> Madcap Moss, pardon me. Uh, Happy Corbin's sidekick um, got involved a couple times. Um, Drew McIntyre won with the Claymore kick, uh, and then at the end, and I don't know how they managed this. Um, at the end, uh, slap ass. <laughs> Happy Corbin's sidekick was standing on the ring apron. He's a, a madcap moss. I keep forgetting his name. He's so terrible. Uh, anyways, uh, madcap was on the ring apron confronting Drew. Drew pulls out that giant sword that he carries and cuts the top two ropes in half, which was quite amazing. Um, I I don't know how they gimmicked that. If it was just a legit sword, and because the they used those ropes through the whole match, and they looked like they really got cut when he put that sword through them. And of course, the whole point was he barely missed um, Madcap Moss with the sword. Um, I'm watching, there's some WWE 24 documentary on I'm not sure what it's about but Lita is on it and man she is still gorgeous in the face uh, they showed her without makeup and she looked even better uh, sorry I got sidetracked there uh, <laughs> whatever the hell this is on that's on after Wrestlemania uh, so what was next here on my list Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. This is when it got good. Uh, Becky came out in... Uh, it should have been a limo, but it was a, a really nice SUV. She got out. She had on an awesome outfit. Uh, I don't know why, but the bigger the match is, the smaller the back of her 
ring attire is so you could see you know her backside through most of the match uh, not that that matters but that's something people on the internet were pointing out um, on Twitter this was I say the best match of the night these two women put on a hell of a show a um, lot of false finishes a lot of good wrestling you know just when you thought somebody was going to win the other one kicked out and it just reminded me of uh, Steamboat and Macho Man at Wrestlemania 3 and how they stole the show um, that's kind of how I felt when this match was over they might have stolen the show um I relit my cigar just now. I kept waiting for Bianca to use her ponytail as a weapon, but she never did. And I think that's good because that's one of those uh, gimmicks that can be overdone. It can be overused. And for her to not use that in this match, at least I didn't see her use it. I, uh, you know, paused a couple times to tweet, but mostly I, I watched the match and I didn't see her use the ponytail. Uh, Becky used it a few times against her. Uh, Becky has a new hairstyle, if that matters to anybody, courtesy of Bianca's impromptu haircut on Monday Night Raw. Um <clears throat> But this was a definite match of the night candidate. Um, I feel it was the match of the night. We'll see what happens tomorrow. It could be maybe the best match of the weekend or one of the top two or three out of the 13 matches, well, 14 matches we're going to get. But Bianca won clean. I'm glad it it was Bianca's time to win. and, and the crowd, when you saw it was getting time for Bianca to win, you could see the crowd's anticipation building. It, they built the crowd into a frenzy, which is great. This was That's what made this a great wrestling match. Even with all the false finishes, you felt like, okay, Bianca's going to get it right here. She's going to win. And than she did and the crowd went berserk and that's how wrestling's supposed to go you're supposed to take the fans on an emotional roller coaster and then boom at the end pop them huge make a huge pop uh, and that match lived up to that uh, then you had the mystery opponent for Seth Rollins Now, I was afraid they were going to somehow throw Shane McMahon into this. That was my prediction. Uh, Some other people thought that maybe it would be The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, or uh, who was the other one my buddy guessed at? Oh, yeah, my buddy thought maybe Shane McMahon or Bray Wyatt because Bray had been tweeting and Instagramming about how excited he was to be in Dallas. 
and earlier in the week they announced that Shane had been hired back into the company <laughs> so uh, that was a, a tiny swerve but uh, Bray Wyatt was in town for WrestleCon he wasn't there for uh, WWE but he did say he wants to come back to wrestling which is great um, but the mystery opponent was the predictable opponent Cody Rhodes uh, and they, they had a great entrance music for him uh, he got a huge pop the crowd was behind him and this was the first or second best match of the night they put on a great show great high spots a lot of false finishes my friend my one friend messaged me uh, 800 false finishes just like aew and I, was, I laughed but it, but it was cool they did it well and when Cody finally won, oh, he did the uh, old Dusty Rhodes, you know, jab, 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 and then the bionic elbow, and Seth bumped for it. That was that was awesome. Uh, and there were a lot of references to Dusty Rhodes uh, at the beginning, towards the beginning of the match. You know, one of the announcers said, you know, it's Dusty Rhodes' favorite pupil versus Dusty Rhodes' son. So I guess at the Performance Center, Seth Rollins was one of Dusty's favorites. A lot of people claim to have been Dusty's favorite, but uh, the, re the announcers decided that this was Dusty's favorite pupil. Um, make sure I don't leave anything out. We then had, actually not in this order, was the... Okay, right. Uh, then we had Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. And these are two people that in their real lives, I've heard so many bad stories about them and seen so many bad things from Ronda Rousey personally, uh, you know, on her social media and the way she acted in UFC. Uh, and having read her book, when I read her book, I felt kind of bad for her. And then I became a fan, and then she started being an asshole. So, and it's all a cover for insecurities. Uh, but Rhonda is not the best worker, not good on the microphone at all. But she did what she needed to do in this match. Uh, there were several attempts at Charlotte going for the figure four where Rondo grabbed the grabbed her arm and turned it into the arm bar and Charlotte had to scramble out. Uh, then Charlotte got Rhonda into the figure eight, the full-on figure eight. And uh, Rhonda managed to get out of that and reverse it and had Charlotte in the figure four. Uh, and then we go to the finish. And the finish, I just didn't like uh, and the match was really good I mean it wasn't you know like okay it was good for what it was they really put on a good match I mean Rhonda did the best she could I was pretty impressed with her work uh, Charlotte 
could have a good match with a broom. So we look at it that way. So go, going to the finish, Charles Robinson takes a bump. He's out. He's laying down in the corner. Rhonda gets Charlotte in the arm bar. Charlotte's tapping like crazy. No referee. Rhonda gets up, you know, wakes the referee up. Well, now Charlotte's back up. Charlotte goes and hits Rhonda. Referee takes another bump. Uh, so now Rhonda's all discombobulated. And by the time the referee gets around and Rhonda is not looking, Charlotte goes for the uh, goes for one of her finishes, not the figure for the the slam finish, whatever the hell it's called. Um, and she beats Rhonda that way. I was just disappointed. I think Rhonda should have went over clean, although that would be the predictable ending. It's the way it should have went. It should have been Rhonda's night uh, to win. Obviously, with the uh, ref bumps and the ref not seeing what was going on and all that, they're going to set up for another uh, match down the road. And furthermore, it, it keeps Rhonda sort of strong because she didn't lose clean Charlotte's going to be over no matter what happens she will always be over because of her ring skills and her mic skills just period point blank they don't have to worry about beating Charlotte clean that's the problem I had with this but I'm sure Charlotte being Charlotte has some influence and can say how she wants to lose or how she wants to win, if that makes any sense. But, so here we go, the final segment. Now, when I heard that this was the final segment, the final, the main event, was going to be uh, the KO show with Stone Cold. Knowing Stone Cold's neck problems, I did not think he would wrestle. And I thought this, I'm like, why are you putting an interview at the end of the night? Well, WWE had a trick up their sleeve for us. Because Stone Cold did wrestle. Uh, KO challenged him. Stone Cold waited, waited, built the drama up. Uh, I thought it would just be like, okay, they talk. Stone Cold gets up, stuns Owens, and drinks beer. Well, no, they they gave us a match. No holds barred. Uh, they fought all around the arena. Stone Cold took some... Uh, suplexes on the concrete uh, it was great they beat the hell out of each other uh, you thought for a minute Stone Cold was going to put KO over 
Uh, Kevin Owens hit the first stunner on Stone Cold. Stone Cold kicked out. <laughs> and I, you know, I thought Stone Cold was maybe coming in to put Kevin Owens over, but Stone Cold ain't gonna do that. He wouldn't do it for Brock Lesnar. He's not going to do it for Kevin Owens. Um, <clears throat> so they continue on. Uh, eventually, Stone Cold hits the stunner on Kevin Owens and gets the pin. Throughout the match, however, the whole match, Stone Cold was drinking beers the whole freaking time and it was hilarious um <laughs> and then for Stone Cold to get the win uh was just great he gets to go out uh on top uh 19 years after his last match uh and I I wondered why I got I thought honestly we were being teased. Because Stone Cold came out in uh, with his knee braces on. Uh, of course, he had surgery on both knees. and But it was really his neck injury that, uh, well, the lingering neck injury from the Owen Hart pile driver mishap uh, that, you know, made Stone Cold retire. Anyway, Stone Cold came out with his knee braces on. I'm like, okay, they're working us. They just want us to think there's going to be a match because Stone Cold's in his full gear, uh, his jean shorts and everything. Um, but they put on a hell of a match. Uh, no disqualification, whatever you want to call it. Anything goes. Uh, no holds barred. It, whatever you want to name the match they did a hell of a job credit to both guys credit to Stone Cold because he legitimately does have a bad neck bad back and two bad knees and he took his fair share of bumps in this match uh, I did not think he would take a bump at all uh, I thought it would be like a squash maybe uh, but he let Owens get the offense in, and he took some hard bumps in this match. So I'm, I'm proud of Stone Cold for that. He put on one more great match for the fans. He did the beer drinking thing. He got Byron Saxton into the ring. And, of course, you know what happens from there. He shared a beer with Byron Saxton. And when Saxton's drinking and not looking... Bam, Stone Cold Stunner to Byron Saxton. <laughs> and then the night ended with Stone Cold sharing beers with people in the audience. Uh, his brother came into the ring and they shared a beer. Uh, and that's how the night ended. So I think this was a, a great opening night to WrestleMania. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to night two. There's a lot more, mat or seven more matches. But, you know, there are a lot of gimmick matches. Uh, there's Pat McAfee versus uh, Austin Theory. Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. Uh, there's the Street Profits versus RK Bro. 
who's uh, versus the Alpha Academy. Um, of course, you have Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Edge versus AJ Styles, which I think could be the best match of the weekend. Um, we have the women's tag team titles, which is Carmella and who's her buddy? Carmella and Zelina Vega, the champions, which they need to get those belts off of those two and actually have a women's tag team division. Uh, so it's Carmella and Zelina versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler um, Shana versus uh, Naomi and Sasha. So I think that when Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan are going to win, but who knows with WWE. Uh, you have a throw, throw in their match with uh, Bobby Lashley and Omos. Um, there's no build up to this match other than Omos has been beating everyone up, which he should be right now at this point. Uh, and then Lashley, I guess, is going to stop him. I don't know. Uh, I'm not really looking forward to that match. Um, <clears throat> the the biggest match I'm looking forward to is Edge versus AJ Styles on this card tomorrow night. So, with that, God bless you. That was WrestleMania night one, and I like this two night format versus you know eight hours. Um, I wish they had the uh, Intercontinental and the United States title belts on there. I wish they showed some respect to some other championships, title belts, whatever you want to call them, aside from the world title. You know, the women's world title matches are awesome. Uh, the men's world title matches are usually great, but it's the fact that you have other good wrestlers holding titles and you don't promote those titles. You don't push those champions. You know, it used to always be the Intercontinental Champion was the number one contender to the world champion. And the U.S. Champion was always the second biggest uh, title next to the world title. And of course, your world tag team champions usually had a high spot on the card. Uh, or at least they, they had a good match and a good build to their match. That didn't happen this hasn't happened in years so anyways god bless y'all thanks for listening and uh if you didn't see night one get the peacock for five bucks it's worth it and then you know watch night two uh nxt stand and deliver sounded like it was really good but i haven't watched it yet so good night god bless y'all pray for each other and we'll see you next time